0: If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizer's Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking the 12-week health course BioOptimizer's offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, Bio-Optimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity how to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings, how to select the most powerful supplements for you, how to stay lean and trim without sacrifice, the simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin, and much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today, I'm going to help you realize your past has prepared you for your future. I'll also be interviewing retired athlete Drew Westervelt, who teaches you how being a professional athlete prepared him for being a successful entrepreneur. way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page Work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Prepared for your future. Many of us think there's no way we can accomplish certain goals that we have. We look at really successful people around us and think there's no way I could ever do that because I'm not like those people. Everybody had to start somewhere. When you look at the most successful person you know, they started with nothing. Yes, certain people may have different backgrounds as far as financial gain. But we all had to start somewhere. We all have to look within ourselves to say, what is my certain skill set? Many of us think we don't have a skill set. But when you really think about who you are and the lessons you've learned in life, you'll realize you have so much more going for you than you realize. I once heard a true story of this man who came up to a famous speaker. And he told the famous speaker that he sold drugs for a living. He was very honest. And he said, I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't know how to do anything else. And this really famous speaker said to the young man, you're selling yourself too short. Don't you realize that what you do with selling drugs is actually just like a manager? And he proceeded to give examples like this. You have to get the word out about your product. That's advertising. You have to take care of your customers. That's customer service. You have to ensure your product. That's product development. You have to know when to sell. That's a management decision. So when you think of it in that respect. We all do certain things in our everyday life, which are very similar to many of the skills we have to learn once we move up higher in the type of work we want to do. Now, of course, education is very important, but it's important for you to realize that what you've learned in life, what you currently do is preparing you for your future. Look at the people around you. Who's the most successful person you personally know? When you look at them, what are some similarities that you both have? Look at your character. Are you both honest? Are you both compassionate? Are you both benevolent? When you can look at those similarities, you'll realize that the foundational piece of who you are is very similar to that successful person. We're going to hear a great interview in just a few minutes with retired athlete, Drew Westervelt. He's going to share how being a professional athlete prepared him to be a successful entrepreneur. So this is a really good example of how you can look at your own life and say well I've done these certain things and perhaps what I've learned in my past are things I can implement in my future so the biggest lesson today is to realize you're much closer to becoming the person you want to become the skill set you've learned thus far is preparing you for the next step in your life so it's up to you to determine when you're going to take that step but if you're insecure about who you are today you're selling yourself short there's so much more going for you in life. You simply have to take that next step, and you'll find you already have all the skill set you need for the next chapter of your life. My guest today is Drew Westervelt, a nine-year professional lacrosse player who has traveled the world competing and performing at the highest level. In 2014, he became an entrepreneur and business owner. He is going to share his story of success with us today. Welcome to my show, Drew. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about this. It's so interesting. I always love being the host of the show. It's great because I get so many different types of, of guests, and so it's, it's going to be awesome to hear your story as a professional athlete and how you turned a business owner. So thanks once again for joining with us.
1: Great. No problem.
0: No, so 9 years as a professional lacrosse player. How how would that be? I mean because obviously as most kids and I'm totally going to stereotype here, a lot of kids want to be a professional athlete. How did that actually come about for you?
1: You know, it's interesting. So, you know, growing up I played a ton of different sports, whether it was individual sports like tennis, uh, soccer, basketball, lacrosse, golf, all kinds of stuff. I love playing sports and being competitive. That was something I excelled in. Uh I challenged school was a challenge for me. Um, so I'm dyslexic actually. So that was a challenge in my younger years, but, but really I view it as a blessing now, but, um, you know, for, for me, it was, um, a lot of sports in my youth played you know three sports in high school and then had the opportunity to play collegiate lacrosse wow. and after collegiate lacrosse um there's there's two professional leagues an indoor league named the MLL and the outdoor league or, or excuse me an indoor league named the nll and the outdoor league named the mll um, so i ended up playing nine years in both of those leagues uh one's winter one summer and then uh in 2010 i played on the u.s national team so wow. post-college um you know, lacrosse was, was a, was an awesome and, and really enjoyable piece of my life. Um, but you know, the challenge with, with up and coming long tail sports is, you know, or niche sports like lacrosse is, is it's not a full-time job. Mm. So for me, it was, uh, work during the week, fly out somewhere in U S and Canada and play a game oh, uh, wow. Saturday night, fly home Sunday and go back to work Monday, you know, yeah it sounds like a lot, but it was just my routine and, and I mm-hmm. loved it because for many yeah. years I, I spent the weekends with my with my best friends. So it was, oh, it was a lot. Oh, that's
0: really cool. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it as well. I mean, obviously someone I, that's has, was not my background, but to hear that you'd have to do it all the time, it, I, someone who obviously doesn't have an experience, I would think, man, it feels like you've missed out on so many other things, but it sounds like if they're your best friends, I mean, gosh, how wonderful is that to be able to travel the world that way?
1: It was, it was great. We got, I mean, trips to Japan, Prague, the U S and Canada. We, we, we did a lot of that. So that, that was incredible experiences. I did miss, um, some of my, you know, high school buddies, weddings and stuff, which was not, um, favorable, but you know, for me it was, um, it was an opportunity to keep playing a Mm smart sport I loved. Um, it was a supplemental income, but, um, you know, I think the lacrosse as a sport has, has huge upside. Um, you know, much like a lot of other leagues have, have grown significantly that are, that are more niche sports in, Mm -hmm. in the recent
0: you know, one thing I always like to ask, you know, professional athletes is knowing that there may become a time when you can't play anymore for, for whatever reason. How was it for you once the end of your tour, if you will? How was how that for you knowing that it was coming up?
1: To be honest, for me is I. I was ready for it to be mm. finished okay. um, for me. And, and it, I, I hate saying this, but the, 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 the truth is I didn't want to get on the flight anymore. Mm. And the competitive edge I once had, had diminished. And at that point, I knew it was something for me to move on from. Like for, I was, the, I was an offensive player. So for the majority of my career, I wanted the ball at the end of the game. Yeah. I wanted to be there. And for a number of reasons and towards the last year of my career, my, my mind was moving more towards being an entrepreneur and starting a business and, and doing my, my attention drifted that way. And the competitive edge, my competitiveness moved that way Away from the the lacrosse field, which was very, it was a very weird experience. Hmm. But for me, it wasn't like, oh, I'm. I don't miss it. I had an incredible experience with it, but I don't miss it and I was ready to transition.
0: Well, I think that's a great point. When we recognize that many things in our life are seasonal as opposed to long-term. I mean, obviously relationships are going, for most relationships are going to be long-term, but sometimes the business ventures that we have are Um, short-term. Sometimes there's many things that are not, that we're not able to endure them for whatever reason. So I think it's really important when we can kind of look at life as sometimes as temporal or sometimes as as long-term and when you can put the different experiences in those different categories allows us to let go to have something new transform us in or new or rather a new venture in our life. What was your career during the week when you were not traveling?
1: Yeah. So I think this, this was also interesting. So I worked for the energy company in Baltimore. Um, and you know, so I was a project manager and I'm in charge of some of the, the large scale construction projects, like predominantly the gas construction projects or, mm-hmm. or renovations within the city. And it was a great job. Um, I just didn't have a passion for it. I really sure. did not have a passion for putting gas main in the ground and, and managing those <laughs> projects. So for me, it was a great um, main career and income mm-hmm. source that allowed me the flexibility to play lacrosse. Um, when I realized that I wanted to move away from lacrosse and I was working there. I was playing lacrosse and also starting some of this thoughts or ideating from an entrepreneurial perspective. You know, I really was energized in, in the entrepreneurial space and and felt like it was just an opportunity for me to uh, when I, when I, when I stopped that, that job, I was in my late twenties. So, you know, I said, you know, if, if I fall flat on my face, I fall flat on my face and I'll, and I'll figure this out. But for me, it was, I didn't, I didn't look forward to Monday and mm-hmm. that, that, was a problem. Yeah.
0: But, you know, I think we going back to what I said earlier, when you put things in perspective, you can recognize that your full-time job, you know, working at the gas company was more about paying your bills perhaps give you insurance and so we can look at it for what it is as opposed to I'm thriving in other areas this current thing it's not going to last forever but I understand why I'm doing it when I understand the motivation for why I do something it helps me ha- put a little bit more energy into until the next thing that's important in my life or next thing that's going to come about in my life comes to play so I think yeah. it is important for everybody to say well why am i doing this you know if, if you're in if you're in business to pay for your, your kids college well then that's the mo- that's the motivator for why you go to work it doesn't mean you have to like sure. it but you understand the right reason for it. So it sounds like yeah. for you, that was a good transition for you to find this yeah. and Now I want to be an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. I think I was fortunate and that I, I wasn't married at the time. I didn't, I didn't have a family. I had okay. a, I just bought a house. I had a mortgage and a car payment. And aside from that, I was willing to take the risk of, um, you know, I, I have a lot of energy at the time and still do and passion for what I was cr- had in my head and was creating and, mm-hmm. and had enough, um, I had enough signs pointing that it, it wasn't a terrible idea but 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 I was willing to assume the risk. Sure.
0: Exactly. How did then you how did you go then from the just decide that I'm going to be an entrepreneur? How did you wake up one day like you know what I'm doing this 100%?
1: I think it it just built over over about a year and a half time frame of where like I mentioned I had my full-time job I was traveling every weekend and one thing that I kept I was reading about and one thing that I kept getting fascinated with it, it wasn't laundry detergent mm-hmm. it was I was looking for products to clean disinfect and protect mm-hmm. athletic facilities so that could be turf weight rooms training rooms locker rooms equipment all kinds of things the turf that I played on was rolled out so an indoor we would play and I played in Colorado for a number of years in Philadelphia, but in Colorado we would play like the the Colorado avalanche would have an NHL game at at a matinee game at noon and we'd play at 7 PM. So they'd roll the turf out over the ice. We'd play on it and you'd sweat. If you fell on that turf, you'd cut your knees, you'd be bloody. It was just Mm, not a surface. And then it'd just be rolled up and stored to the next game. Oh wow. So, you know, putting that, my real life experiences, you know, we're playing in really sweaty equipment that's never clean. Oh, um, you know, all these different athletes coming in and out of a facility. Mm. So I started thinking more and more about, and my, my tunnel vision at the time was very sports related. Sure.
0: You know, I always find, think it's so interesting because so many people have, you know, when you look around in your life, I mean, that's really where inventions come from. What makes the most sense for me in my own life? And for you, obviously, you're, cu- you're falling down, you're cutting your, your knees up and realizing, crap, I've got to (laughs) roll around in this later. You know, and that whole concept of, I don't want MRSA, I don't want to get sick. And I always love to hear how people really look at their life. And, you know, anyone listening right now can look at their own life and say, what is the need that I have? There was um, Norman Vincent Peale wrote the most um, powerful or most well-known self-help book. And his biggest thing was, you find a need and you fill it. Well, and you look everywhere in your life, you find that need, and there's so many needs, and you fill it with something. And so that's really how all this is specifically for you has come about where you have such a successful company right now as well. Yep. How do you think that being a professional athlete really helped you be a CEO? I mean, I know you've, you've talked about five different five different life lessons that your athleticism or organized sports has really taught you. How, why don't sure. we go through some of those and really help us understand, you know, for my listeners as well, who some of them may be um, an athlete now or maybe in, in, in school you were an athlete, but kind of really helping them understand how they can make that transition themselves should they want to become an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's, I've really departed from athletics. Mm -hmm. This is just filled the void. Like the same keys of preparation and things that are necessary to be a successful athlete are are very similar to the same things for us to, not that, not that I figured it out from a business perspective, but it's how, it's just like when you, when you're, when you're lifting weights, you want to fail Mm -hmm. and you want to fail quicker so that you can get better. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's how do we how do we learn what works, what doesn't work? Let's fail, fail as many times as possible so that what we, when we come out of that, we're, we're more effective and we're not repeating these same errors. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like, hey, we create this product and it just goes gangbusters. I mean, behind it is, is all those all those different things of how you find who has an affinity for what you do, how you explain it, how do you how does it look? All those things, you know, I don't think depart much from how an individual or a team functions. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, let's, let's parse some of that out. I know the first thing you talked about was being prepared. Help us understand that. I mean, obviously we don't understand what preparation is, but help us understand how that really made sense for you as a teammate um, in preparing for your games.
1: Yeah. For me, I mean, you know, a lot of it goes back to when you're preparing for a game or any, whether it's your individual preparation or your team preparation, you're understanding, you know, what you're going after. That could be you know your opponent for us it could be what the what does the category look like now what where are we different and where do we have where do we have a, a place to fit in and win mm-hmm. so for us it's for me it's no different than when I was an athlete of you know I was an attackman I was my job was to produce points whether that was a goal or an assist if I was on defense that was a bad thing mm-hmm. right yeah. so like for me it's understanding what we can win at and concentrating on that and for me right now it's it's people who live an active lifestyle, who sweat mm-hmm. and are looking for a solution for this this wardrobe they have that they haven't found. So for me it's I don't I'm not looking to be the next best laundry detergent that everyone buys for everything. Can it be that? Yes. But I'm going after a very specific target much mm-hmm. like I would every individual on your team would be prepared to, to to basically execute their role.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously the more information you have, you know, just even watching some of the scrimmages that your your opponents have had, or just even understanding who the players are and what their strengths are and yeah. what their areas of, of deficit are, that really helps you. I mean, it kind of goes back to the 80/20 principle as well. Is you know really qualifying wh- what who are the people that are the game changers and who are the people who maybe are the auxiliary people. So kind of understanding sure. that in your own business is well, 20% of these people are the ones who who have the money or have the are the my my my, my market niche. So really understanding that as well helps mm-hmm. you become more prepared. So using I can really see that using your skill set. On the, on the field, and how that really makes sense in, in the boardroom as well.
1: Yeah, I, I want a thousand people. I'd rather have a thousand people that love my product than mm-hmm. 10,000 that think it's okay. I want, because those thousand people will amplify and will will, will be your advocates. Yes. So that, that's exactly right.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the second thing you talked about before is being persistent. How did that help <laughs> you? How did that help you become the successful entrepreneur you are?
1: I think everyone, she, every. You know, when you read most articles, all you see is the fluff, right? Mm-hmm. All you see is successful conversations. Where in the background, 95% of what's going on is the failures, is the ne- is the negative conversations mm-hmm. of internally. You think you're you're up, you're going up this this you know steep, steep, steep hill. For us, it's much like, and I equate it back to sports. Is I hated working out. I hated it. I never liked training, but I knew I had to. Yeah. And that's also a reason I didn't play more years than I probably could have, because I didn't have the urge to get in the gym to do what I needed to do. And I wanted to do something else. Mm-hmm. So for me, with business, just like sports is a lot of things are just keep on going. You just got to keep going. And as like I said, you're going to fail more often than you succeed. So what can you get out of those failures that that? that Instead of saying, oh, man, this is this is this is not going to happen saying, hey, how do we how do we move forward? How do we just be persistent and keep this going? Because um, because at the end of the day, and you think that I think that's the biggest opportunity for entrepreneurs mm-hmm. is, I mean, a lot of it's. A lot, it's more, there's more challenges than successes. So it's more just saying, how do I keep this going?
0: Yeah, well, you know, you think about like just even the, um, you read about different different successful people. Well, you read about the success. You don't read about all the no's they got or all the what was perceived as failure, all the setbacks or all the tears that they cried at night. We don't hear about that. We just hear, wow, this person is this really successful person. So mm-hmm. we are, we don't, we don't really know the origin story, what happens behind the scene. We just see the, the yeah. polished product.
1: I think it's just turning, turning, Challenges into growth, right? Mm-hmm. Like instead of instead of harping on the negativity, harp on what you can get out of it. Yes,
0: exactly. And what's a lesson that comes out of it as well. Right. So we have just a couple more minutes, but so trust your team. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, I mean as much as we try and internalize and do it all, it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you know, for us it's it's really trying to set metrics and goals for the team that, that allow them to go be their own entrepreneur and think critically and stay within the framework of what we, what we're trying to do and our goals and our sales plan and such, but, but really trusting in their ability to just, just forward think and execute, right? Like for us, it's, we're a small team. I mean, we have a lot of partners that make us bigger, or support systems through agencies and such. But internally, we're a very small team and we trust each other to, to get our, get our, complete our roles. And I think that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Because I think not everybody know, is an expert in their field. And so surrounding sure. yourself with those experts allows you to be much more successful yourself. Right. Ask for feedback and listen.
1: <laughs> this is probably the toughest, right? <laughs> it's tough to hear what you don't want to hear. Sure. And for me, it's like watching film. I hate watching film because it exposes all the negatives that you did in the game. Yeah, you had three goals, but you had six turnovers, right? And you don't want to watch the turnovers. You just want to watch the highlight mm-hmm. reel. So, so for me, I, equo- I equate watching film with, with looking at real data. Data doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. So for us, and what I, what I like to look at now is beautiful or ugly, it is what it is. And it goes back to all the previous things we talked about. It may not be what I want now, but how do I get it to where I want it? Mm-hmm. And, and what's the path between that? Um, you know, where where did we fail and where can we succeed? So for me, feedback and listen, it's challenging because, you know, as a, as, an, as a startup or as an entrepreneur, you, you believe you want to insert your opinion and that's the opinion. Well, you just got to sit back and listen and kind of kind of take it all in and, and maybe sometimes have not the last word, but but digest that before you you know, you know, spit out what you believe is gospel. So for us, it's just, you know, for me, it's feedback and listens a lot, like watching film, you know, being able to take criticism and really looking at game film and or data to say, hey, what, what's the right decision? Hey, some of this stuff you know, may, may sound like fluff and look great, but we may need to walk away from that customer. Maybe that's not the best place for us to be. And that's sometimes challenging.
0: Yeah. I I think it really can be, but I also like to think of it in this respect as well as is something in our life, the feedback we get or criticism we may have, whatever it is, is it a stumbling block or a stepping stone? Do we use it to launch ourselves forward or do we allow it to perhaps halt us and stop us from being the person or becoming the company that we know we could become?
1: Yeah. Sometimes internally we try and ask what other people like what are on my team? What, what do you guys think? Because I can't, I can't dictate how people feel, right? The way they feel is the way they feel. Mm-hmm. So if they're articulating that to me, I can't say they're wrong.
0: Yeah,
1: right. They're not wrong. It's how they feel. So mm-hmm. it's how do, we, how do we, flip the funnel there and make it productive? Exactly.
0: And the last one before we wrap up is lead, don't follow.
1: Yeah, this is funny. This is from like my childhood, and that's something my dad always said. So I just love that saying. I think it's, <laughs> it's it's it. As a young athlete or for me, a lot of my my um, confidence came from sports versus academics. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, one thing my dad always said was lead, don't follow, right? Like for me, it's always been – it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the captain of the team. It just means you have to lead by example. So, mm-hmm. for you know, in college, if, if we weren't winning games, can I put in extra work? Can I be a – can I lead by my actions versus my words of saying, hey, I had – Five opportunities to put the ball in the net last game, and I only put it in once. Why am I missing those? Why am I missing those opportunities? Am I preparing? Can I get out in between class and college and Mm. and get shots in before practice? So for me, I I just love the lead don't follow because it's it's so simple but so true. Of just you know, you lead by action, not by words, and and I think really believing that you can be a leader is like the first step to maybe taking a leap of being an entrepreneur.
0: But I think also, it's it's also you're leading yourself. You're leading yourself to be the best you. In order to do that, you have to step out and do something that perhaps other people aren't doing as well, yeah. Sure. Well, Drew Westervelt, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and about your amazing company, where would they find this information online?
1: Yeah, so check us out, it's hexperformance.com. And all of our social handles are at hexperformance. So, you know, I really appreciate the time and, and hopefully someone had got something out of this. That's helpful.
0: Yes, I'm sure they did. Thank you once again for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks.